Hello, I'm Ken Krantz. Welcome to another episode of I Love Rock and Roll. And I'm Chip Chantry. Welcome to another episode of I Love... You already said that. I already said that. And uh, behind the boards, Ming Chen. What's up, everybody? What's going on, Ming? Uh, Chip, why don't you be a deer and uh, introduce our guest and introduce our topic today? All right. Uh, So... First of all, I'm very excited to have our guest. He's one of the funniest people I know. He's a comedian. He is a, I hope I get this right, a Twitch streamer. Okay. Twitch streamer. Uh, he is co-host of the very funny podcast, Dad Meat. And he is also currently a renowned pet detective, currently in search of Snowflake, the Miami Dolphins field-kicking bottlenose dolphin mascot. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Butterly is with us. Tim, how are you? Chip, I'm great, man. It's so good to see your face. Thank you. You too, man. I like that. And I like your... Uh, uh, for the for the view listeners at home, I love your uh, drawing in the back. What is what's going on back there? Oh, that's a that's a Ryan Shaner original on canvas. It's a, that's it's what a, I that's what I was part, gonna guess. Two part hell elf. It's a elephant basically, mm-hmm. with like nightmarish human figures coming out of the other side. Yeah, courtesy I love it. Fellow comedian Ryan Shaner, who's I feel actually like most probably podcasts I art. do <laughs> most zooms I'm on podcasts I do somebody has a Ryan Shaner piece of artwork behind it's usually the scariest thing on the screen yes it is oh 100 percent. what that's so i just realized now that you said it's a elephant i'm looking at an elephant here i thought it was a helgina if i'm being honest from this angle sure i mean well i mean he purposely builds those kinds of things into the imagery yeah so you should get a little bit hard looking at this (laughs) gnarly little little georgia (laughs) o'keefish It's like one of those like back page of highlights magazines, seek and finds that just a child is too scared to look at. Like, yeah, you know I, tried I, to, find- I tried. To, I tried to donate this to my kid's dentist office. <laughs> <laughs> or like one of those mad magazine fold ins. Yeah. Like, what am I looking at? An elephant or some kind of terrible vagina? And then you fold it. And it's like, oh, I'm looking at both. Yeah. Yeah. I love this thing. Thanks. I for, love it. Thanks for noticing it. Yeah. Uh, well, well. Uh, Tim, thank you for, for doing the show. Uh, we're going to jump in. So let me jump in like we always do. I'm going to give the bullet points real quick, and then we're going to dive in to our, uh, our topic. So unfortunately, the world lost a great, great man this year. Ken, are you, are you sad? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, uh, the world lost a gentleman by the name of Marvin Lee Aday, a.k.a. Meatloaf. Uh, he was born in Dallas, Texas in 1947. He was the only child of Wilma Artie, a school teacher and gospel singer, and his father, Orvis Aday, a just wait for the red flags, a former police officer who went into business selling a homemade cough remedy with his wife and friend under the name Griffin Grocery Company. <laughs> He got the name Meatloaf uh, by kids in middle school because he was 5'2 and 240 pounds as a seventh grader. He played defensive tackle in high school as well as being in a number of school plays. When he was 19, his mother passed away. The next day, his father, who was a crazy drunk, tried to stab him with a butcher knife. He left the home house immediately. Shortly thereafter, moved to Los Angeles and intentionally gained 60 pounds to avoid the draft. He formed a band in the late 60s. Uh, under a variety of names, uh, including Meatloaf Soul. They opened for bands like The Who, The Stooges, The MC5, The Grateful Dead. He was then invited to join the L.A. production of Hair. He continued to record music and act. Uh, He made it to Hair on Broadway. Uh, This is when he, uh, around the time he met Jim Steinman, the man who would go on to write Meatloaf's most successful albums. 
He was cast in the L.A. cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show in 1973. He was also cast in the movie of same name. Steinman and Meatloaf in the mid-70s started work on the Bad Out of Hell album. Todd Rundgren agreed to produce said album. Uh, no one actually signed it until 1977 when the Cleveland International Record Records signed it. Bad Out of Hell sold over 43 million copies, one of the best-selling albums of all time. In 1979, they started work on the follow-up album, but Meatloaf, due to a variety of reasons, including too much touring, stress, psychological problems, and lots of drugs, lost his voice, couldn't sing for the longest time, went into years of drugs and depression. Due to that and due to years of poor money management and lots of lawsuits filed against him, he was broke, filed for bankruptcy in 1983. Throughout the 80s, he started to get his act back together, Managed by his wife, he continued to record music and he toured small venues all over the world. In the 90s, he and Steinman got back together and took three years to write and record Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, which was released in 1993 and went all the way to number one of the charts uh, and uh, included the hit single, I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Can't Do That. Throughout the 90s and 2000s, Meatloaf, continued to record albums and tour. He also acted in dozens of movies and TV shows. On January 20th of this year, Meatloaf passed away in Nashville, Tennessee, apparently due to complications from COVID-19. Uh, and it, But over the years, sold over 100 million records. And that is a life of Meatloaf. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. That, Ken? I, yeah, I just want to throw in that um, he didn't, so, like, kids named him – he was already called Meat. Like, he didn't get much of a chance. No, his so, dad called him that when he was, like, four days, days old. Four days oh, old. His brutal. dad looks at him and is like, this fucking looks like Meat. Mm-hmm. And then he just became Meat. And then because kids – you can never be too cruel <laughs> as a kid – decided that Meat wasn't mean enough and they added the loaf. That's so funny that he carried Meatloaf all the way to like the height of his, of his celebrity. Just just being a former fat child myself, like it would be cool if my stage name right now was Bitch Tits. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> when I was twelve, uh, people kind of knew I had, but I was also fat, and they called me Bitch Tits. And here's my platinum comedy album. I mean, <laughs> fat out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> fat out of swell. <laughs> Um, well, uh, they, by the way, I watched the uh, the VH1 behind the music about him, which, of course, is always factual and has no extra drama. But apparently in middle school, the kids grabbed him and threw him into like on, on the playground, threw him into one of those boxes that you would like put all the balls and equipment in and lock it and padlocked him in a box. And he was locked in there for hours until his mom finally like called the police and the police came and looked for him. Oh, um, man. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Well, that's been our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for uh, joining us. Well, I, I also I remember hearing him on an interview with Howard Stern, and he explained that when he was kids, that Levi's had a commercial, and his name was Marvin, and Levi's had a commercial, a commercial like a national one about a fat little kid named Marvin. <laughs> and the and the commercial was like, oh, poor fat Marvin's too fat to wear Levi's. <laughs> Dude. So it was like it like so they all started ripping it. So it was it was almost like Meatloaf was better. Yeah. That's rough. That's a well, rough but start. But then he 
He legally changed his name from Marvin to Michael at one point because he literally couldn't escape that Levi commercial in his head for years. He he legally changed his name for, away from Marvin to Michael. Yeah. Just to. Yeah. Just and to- then asked nobody to call him Michael. Which no. is, it was, it was like, hey, I changed my name to Michael. I go, oh, that's great, Mike. Like, no, it's it's uh, meat or Mr. Loaf. Mr. Loaf. Uh, by the way, one of the, it just mentioned it on Wikipedia, where, of course, I get all my bullet points from. But apparently, so he grew up in Texas. He met, when he was 16 years old, he met JFK the morning that JFK got shot at, like, Dallas Love Field. He met the president. And later that day, obviously heard about what happened. He and like some buddies like rushed to the hospital to see if they could see anything and literally saw Jacqueline Kennedy going into the hospital all like bloody with like brains all over and everything. Like he's, they, he's fat far as gone. He, he really is. <laughs> run, run, run forest or at least do some cardio. He, he gained 60 pounds to avoid the draft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> could you, is that a, could you imagine if JFK's last words were like, hey, check out the tits on that Look fella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I saw this wicked fat kid and then just like, boom. You see that total Marvin over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like in pure Forrest Gump fashion, like he would just be standing there at watching Jackie O going into the hospital, like covered in brains, like holding it. And then like his one buddy would just be like, wow, I would do anything for love. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Where do you go from there? So, okay, so yeah, let's talk about it. So he get like to know the loophole and was like, look, I already got like, you know, probably at that point, like 290 on me. Let me just throw another 60 on just so I can't get drafted. It's, it's kind of brilliant. What a legend. Yeah. You would think just going by the name of Meatloaf would be enough to keep you from the draft. Dude, <laughs> I, the, like there were drill sergeants waiting for him. He's like, damn, I can't wait to get my hands on private Meatloaf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or like it, or, or he would just. He would just be so ready for the drill sergeants. So like the drill sergeants would be like, what are you doing, chubby? And he's like, chubby, that's all you got. <laughs> he's like, here's the list of everything that's yeah. happened to me yeah. in my first 19 years. Yeah. Oh, are those Levi's? Because I can't wear them, <laughs> officer. Um, he's a fat icon. I remember my, my earliest memories of Meatloaf were seeing him on TV. And again, I was a fat boy. And yeah. I would see him. I was like, whoa, dude, they make rock stars of us too you know what i mean <laughs> but then i was also in my head i was also like damn what what ha-? i always assumed that he rose to prominence as like a normal person and then became a big fat weirdo and okay I, so i had no yeah. inclination that he was always like that so you could and you're if you had known that you could have just stayed that way and not realized and like he never looked <laughs> it wasn't like he ever tried as far as i saw and me just early memories of him it's not like he ever tried to hide it or tried to be like, oh, well, he's going to wear some black to be slimming. He's like, he's going to wear the biggest, weirdest tuxedo yeah. and just wet all over it. Like he just constantly looks like he's at his cousin's wedding reception and she didn't want to invite him, but she had to. Like that's that's his. Yeah, he, sp- he spent his whole career as like near death Elvis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was good. He, yes. If you watch that uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light video, it's eight minutes of him looking like Chris Farley, like in his final moments. 
Yeah. 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 And I remember so I would see like, you know, music videos with him in them and I was just so fucking confused. Wasn't wasn't I, I would do anything for her a lot? Wasn't that like kind of like a fan of the opera motif? In yes, the video? yes, yeah. yeah. He's I just watched that video again last night for the first time in twenty something years. And wait, didn't they put like a weird nose on, like a prosthetic? Oh nose no, he on yeah, no, he was like uh he, he was he was like half monster. It was like, like uh, yeah, like Beauty and the Beast type thing. Like, I wonder if that's the producers just making him feel good. Be like, look, we got to make you kind of unattractive. <laughs> um, did you happen to hear? I, I do you hear how he claims to have gotten his uh, singing voice, which, by the way, the, the guy, I, you know, if you like him or don't like him, the, the dude had a monster voice like the dude could definitely sing. Did he oh, win his voice in a uh, pie eating contest with the devil? <laughs> <laughs> no. So he was he was like a high school De- athlete. De- devil was- went down to Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> um, he claims that his whole childhood, like he wanted to sing but couldn't sing. And his mom would tell him like. Oh, you have to go do anything that like you can't carry a tune to save your life. And now he claims I should see if I can find it. He claims that um, as a high school athlete, he was like at a track meet one day. He, he, He played football, but he's at a track meet and somebody he got hit in the head with a shot put. Like somebody launched a shot put and he was standing in the wrong place and the shot put hit him in the head. And when he woke up, he claimed to have this voice that he didn't have prior to getting hit. It's almost like a superhero origin story. Yeah. But he it, like maybe it was like a radioactive shot put. But was he, he a really good singer? Now I'm trying to I'm trying to think like, was he like a really impressive singer? I think, yeah, I mean, I, he, 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 verged, you know, some of that stuff verged on like operatic. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, and he was a great performer too. I mean, you watched his, you know, all over the state. And I, I don't know if it was how great he was or if it was just like, wow, this guy can really do this, like for the size of him. But he, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he definitely had range. He definitely oh, wait, yeah, was here. a great singer. But then he, but then it totally, his voice went to shit then. For, for years. Yes. Couldn't say it all. He, he claims that all change in his sophomore year out on an athletic field when a 12-pound shot put sailed 62 feet through the air and hit him in the head. After that, just like that, while trying out for choir, he discovered he suddenly had a three-and-a-half octave vocal range. I wonder if when he was down in the dumps and, like, his voice was gone, if he was just having people fucking launch shot puts at his head. <laughs> <laughs> I try to think... Well, <laughs> that would have been me day one like get the fucking shot put kids back yeah. here anything hit me in the nuts with a hockey stick like tr- we'll, let's try anything he was the original jackass <laughs> <laughs> I'm Meatloaf and this is this is bad out of hell yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll tell you what man I, I was looking at the numbers for that bad out of hell like, I guess it just came out at the right time, like 70s. It was like punk was already like starting to fizzle out and it was right before New Wave really took over. And um, 
43 million copies. Like that's one of the best selling albums of all time. There's yeah. only like three or four albums in the history of music ahead of it, which is really insane when you think, I think about it. I think it's bigger than like Sgt. Pepper, I think. It's no Beatles album ever sold 40 million copies. No okay. Rolling Stones album ever sold 40 million copies. Like he's, it's like Thriller and then like the Eagles' greatest hits so, and then like one other and then Meatloaf, I think. Here it is. It's, it's, it's so I, I'm looking at, if, if this is right, it's Thriller, ACDC's Back in Black, Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard, and then Meatloaf. Bad out of hell. Yeah. The, the, I know the Eagles' greatest hits are up there. So, sorry. I, 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 okay, so when I think about music from before I was born, I always try to transport myself. Like, whenever my dad would tell me about, like, an album coming out, I'm always like, damn, what would it be? If you were like standing in a record store, you put headphones on to check this out. Like you can, it's so easy to imagine like a dude hearing immigrant song for the first time and she'd be like, holy yeah. fuck, dude. Yeah. I'm just, what was, what was going through America's heads when Meatloaf popped on the scene? Like I, it's impossible for me to get there. So, you know what yeah, I'm saying? so 1977, like disco's a thing. Like they can't get gas. They're just chilling out. Yeah, what it was, it was, um, like I said, it was like punk had sort of stagnated at that point, and I think it was like disco was, I, I don't know, 70s, I don't know if that was like towards the end of disco, but this came around and it was. It was rock, but it was also like very theatrical. It's, the theatricality is probably probably what sold it to people. Right, right. Yeah. It came along at the right time because when when he circles back to make the follow up album, New Wave had already really taken off, and um, like nobody cared about these nine minute epic songs anymore. So. Um, when he comes, that, when he that comes, just goes to show, and we've talked about this before, like that just goes to show, like it's obviously it's not always talent based or how good merit based, you know, it's popularity or luck or whatever. But it also is just the fact that like what the times are like, like if you have if you're a brilliant performer, but you're just not in the right time, it's, you know, it's like being a boy band in the in the early 90s. You know, it was like New Kids on the Block was the biggest thing in the world. And then just you couldn't be that because Nirvana just ruined that hair metal. The same thing, right. too, like just you could be the greatest thing in the world, but if if the times aren't right for that, you're just you're just gonna toil in obscurity. I do I, I do think uh one thing I've always respected about him is that he has one of the only songs that I can remember off the top of my head where it's a duet and both people pretend to come. <laughs> <laughs> That I think it's is a very cool pa song. Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yeah. It really is. Like I was talking with uh, Chip about it right after he died. Like I've never in my life sat down and been like, hey, let me listen to Meatloaf. Like it's just it's always because you're at a wedding or a bar mitzvah or, mm -hmm. or, or when you're a kid, your parents. Have, but I've never been like, oh, let me listen. But I actually sat down and listened to Bat Out of Hell. And I it's I did what you were saying, Tim. Like I was trying to picture what people must have been thinking of when that song came out. Like it's such an obvious hit now and it's so seeped into our culture. 
but back then yeah uh, where did it get its footing where did yeah. it get where did it grab you there there was record labels everywhere were rejecting them i mean it took two it took two years to put the album out because because they're like, get rid of the cum song. And Meatloaf's like, no, it's <laughs> the best song on the album. I, I read something where they went to Atlantic Records and Clive Davis laughed them out of the office and was like, oh, here, I've got the quote. I've got the quote from Clive. And by the way, this ends with Meatloaf uh, in the street screaming up at the Atlantic building for Clive Davis to go fuck himself. Much, <laughs> much like Ken Queter. Except much like Ken Queter from our last interview. Yeah. But this this is what Clive Davis says when he heard he was like, do you know how to write a song? Do you know anything about writing? If you're going to write for records, it goes like this. A, B, C, B, C, C. I don't know what you're doing. You're doing A, D, F, G, B, D, C. You don't know how to write a song. Have you ever listened to pop music? Have you ever heard any rock and roll music? You should go downstairs when you leave here and buy some rock and roll records. Wow. Like, <laughs> That's, but that also shows you like that's you could have also just said we're not interested thanks yeah 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 when, when you get yeah yeah usually when you get rejected it's just like you either hear nothing or it's like oh you're just not right like he was like clive davis was angry when he heard this that's the yeah. type of thing where someone says all that to you and all you can do is go okay <laughs> <laughs> But you listen to like, so I was listening to Paradise by the Dashboard Light and it's like, it starts off, it's so like 50s rock and roll with with a taste of Broadway music. Yeah, it's got like Little Richard piano in it in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost, it's like Chuck Berry guitar, you know, it's three chord rock and roll. Um, but then when they get into uh, when they get into that break where they both finally come, as as Tim points <laughs> out, it it turns straight Dude. into funk. Like okay. it's it's, yeah. but like like it could have been like it turns into like James Brown funk. Yeah. And then the guitar sound like Dude. Uh, yeah, that's fucking sick. That rules. Yeah, it turns into funk, and then they're like, oh, you know what this funk needs? Fucking Phil Rizzuto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just a, just a baseball uh, just a baseball announcer going for it. So let's throw that in the mix. I, I mean, as a, dude, as a child, that was so salacious. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then you would watch, and, and then you'd see the video. And 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 Meatloaf's just sweating all over everything in his in his pirate tux, mm-hmm. and then that girl was like pretty cute, you know. You were like, oh, that she doesn't look like she should be with Meatloaf. No. Um. By the way, I hope those tuxes weren't rentals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but then you know what I found out that I never knew it wasn't until like sitting down to do research for this. The lady in the video isn't the lady from the record. So his, oh, really? his girlfriend, Ellen Foley sent, sang it on the record, but Ellen Foley couldn't go on tour with meatloaf. So the lady in the video is Carla DeVito and she was the touring backup singer. So when they filmed the video, that's Carla DeVito lip syncing to okay. Ellen Foley. 
Oh, wow. So it was like they perpetrated a bit of a fraud on us, too, yeah. and and never got called out on it. Shattering my childhood right now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I looked it up, uh, Tim. You said it was the uh, it, it was the first uh, song, num number one song, where uh, duet, where both of uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, both of them came. Uh, the only other one that ever did that, well, I looked it up, was uh, Paul Abdul and MC Scat Cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Man, mean, they so, they really do cut you like you hear her like coming. Yeah, it's and, awesome, uh, dude. Okay, so I've been married to my wife for thirteen years now, and at one of the earliest family gatherings of hers, I can remember going to. This had to be an earlier one. God damn! This, so this is this is ten plus years ago. Okay, we go to this family party, and it was at this big catering hall, like kind of a nice place, um, and. You know, they're, they're playing the fucking hits. They're doing, you know, their electric slides and the fucking celebrate good times and shit like that, right? And then suddenly the energy in the room changes. And it's, there's this like commotion where it's like, oh, they're going to do it. They're doing it. And it's her uncle who married into the family and her aunt, who's kind of just like a friend of the family, but they call her an aunt, but she's a big slut. <laughs> <laughs> And they're grabbing. By, by the way, that's by the way that that's my that was always my uh, nickname for calling somebody a slut because I never want to say be like oh yeah. check out the, check out this friend of the family. <laughs> Dude, so, she so, she's an aunt, but not really. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so this uh, this uncle from over from over on this side and this fake slut aunt get microphones. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone, everyone's like, shh, shh, everybody, chill, 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 chill. And uh, Paranoid's Paranoid. Wait, and are they, like, are they married? Playing. Is this, cu is no, this no, couple no. married? They're not a couple. Okay, okay. They're just right. both in, you know, the, they're the, the life okay. of the party. It's two yeah, life yeah. of the parties met late in life. You know what I mean? Right, they're not right. together. Yeah. And, uh, dude, they duet Paranoid's by the dashboard light. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I'm, I'm fucked up by this. I'm like, what? How, how is everybody letting this happen? There's kids here. Like they're, they're, doing they're like, lip syncing it. I think they might have been singing it. Singing. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. With the music going. <laughs> yeah. And dude, everyone's like hooting and hollering. This is hilarious. I'm like, how are they doing fake cum in front of kids? This is nuts. <laughs> and then is uh, the, the dude is just his wife, arms crossed, watching the whole ordeal. Like she's not amused by it at all. So oh I get my in my, my now wife's ear and I'm like, what's that about? She's like. Oh, they're not supposed to do this anymore. <laughs> Dude. They've been told. <laughs> Apparently, this was a thing in her family. It's like, dude. Uh, fucking Lenny and Dawn not allowed to do the Paradise by the Dashboard Light anymore, and they're doing they're pulling it out tonight for someone's fiftieth birthday or something like that. And uh, yeah, so I I mean I. The backstory is exactly what I expected too. It was like, oh yeah, like when when he first started coming around to family gatherings and stuff like that, they instantly just started singing it, and his wife hates it because she's a gigantic slut and she thinks that you know what I mean. This, oh, yeah. this is her making a move on her man, and uh, so it's like every time they do it, it's like, dude, yeah, fuck you, dude, no rules, you can't control <laughs> it. <the> most function. <laughs> Could you imagine the ride over? Because you know she's saying like, Don't I do swear it. to God, if you fucking do meatloaf tonight, do not I, do meatloaf. you are sleeping on the couch. 
Yeah, that's like your big problem with your wife going to the party. She's like, you better promise that you're not doing meatloaf. Yeah. You're like, I'm not doing yeah. meatloaf. And then you get a couple of Zimas in you yeah. and you yeah. can't fucking stop yourself. You know, some wives are like, I swear to God, if I find you smoking crack behind the building tonight, it is over. I'm done with that. Yeah. Honey, I'm a changed man. You know that's all behind me. <laughs> this I'm going to go all the way like, tonight. I'm going to go all the way tonight. <laughs> by, by the way, is that not maybe the greatest twist ending in all of rock music? That, 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 oh, that You got this eight minute horned up song where all this dude wants is to bang his girlfriend and and she's teasing him and and sh- and she's like, you know, and by and the way, yeah, that's a lot. She's like, oh, like you have to love me forever. Mm-hmm. If, it's if, very Catholic. If song. you want this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing that, you know, the thing is like when you're 17, you're like, yeah, OK, I'll do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I just want in. Yeah. And then and then you find out you go through like I mean, it's like an eight minute song and it's seven minutes of like, all right, like, I'll love you forever. Just, you know, give me some. And then mm. in that final minute, he's like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, God, I just want time to end. He's like, that's, basically, like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about killing myself. Yeah, that's that's what makes it a, a classic work of art. Yeah, if it, if it ended with him just being like, and then I got pussy and it ruled, they'd be like, okay, fun song, <laughs> not very culturally significant. <laughs> it is. It's like they brought in M Night Shyamalan to write the ending or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. this huge <laughs> twist. <laughs> yeah, it does have kind of like a cats in the cradle kind of feel mm-hmm. by the time you finish the song. You know what I mean? Right. It, yeah, exi- yeah. Um, which is actually uh, my wife won't let me sing that at wedding reception. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just brings the whole mood down from everybody. It's like, you got to stop singing. It's just she's just like she checks with the DJ. She's like, you got any chapin? No, You're singing okay, it to so. your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they promised they weren't going to do this anymore. <laughs> Do you, do I you, mean, how, what What if and like, I would love to know your wife's uncles, like, what's the arrangement now? Like, what if that's what if that like even in the 80s, like that was like their hall pass, like her hall pass was like Richard Gere and his hall pass was just singing Paradise by the Dashboard Light. At oh, yeah, that, that was his half of an open relationship. she's going out to like inner city bars to bring home like a bowl you know what i mean and he's just like this will all be worth it dude when i'm ripping meatloaf at a fucking wedding yeah (laughs) it's the only version of polyamorous that sounds more annoying when you describe it (laughs) you know that lady's on the phone with her mom the next day like mom he did it again (laughs) she's like oh my god what did he do did he was he cheating? No, he didn't cheat. What did he did he gamble away your savings? No, mom, it's way more serious. Dude, and then uh every time this like aunt did something slutty, I it, like it it strengthened like the the whole like hullabaloo around them doing it because like her slut powers were increasing. And then this guy was just living his life every day until it was time to fake come with this lady <laughs> at like a communion party. But like this, the, as her like slut legend grew, like the allure of them defying everybody to sing the slut song, it's just it was it's magnificent, dude. Now it, it's rare that it comes up now, but now when it gets busted out, I'm, it's like a religious experience for me. So it, do, it so it does continue to happen. I think I've seen it happen at least once since then. And dude, okay. the first time I saw it, it was already not supposed to be happening. 
Right. And I right. know I've seen yeah. it since then. <laughs> it's like, do you know? Um, do Do you know? It's like it reminds me of that story of um, you know, Jerry Lewis's Holocaust film. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, the clown. The day the, the clown. The, the cried. day the clown cried about yeah. the about the clown at Auschwitz who would like. Yeah. He would try and make the kids laugh as they marched into the ovens. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Jerry was like, I don't ever want this scene. But like there's there's this underground market in L.A. where like somebody got a hold of a copy and they like it's like every Haley's Comet. There will be a screen like an underground screening. That's what this that's what this story reminds me of. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's got to be we should look like there's got to be YouTube videos of people doing this at receptions. Like that would be a great super cut well, to see. I, I will tell you that there is YouTube video. Chip, I've okay. been debating whether or not to, there is YouTube video of me and my brother hammered on a cruise. Uh <laughs> Doing karaoke for the first time with him as uh, Mr. Loaf and me as the woman. And they put a boa on me so you can tell which one of us was the woman. <laughs> and my dad doing Phil Rizzuto. And um, it it became uh, – I, I I went for it. I, I went very over the top and uh, it wasn't – Are you about to play it for us now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, uh, let me see if I could dig it up and send it to. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Send, send it. Here's I the thing. Need to see this. <laughs> here's the thing. And by the way, good on you, Ken, for going. Uh, no pun intended. For going all the way that night. That <laughs> night. By. By like you, because you have to go big on that song to be funny. You can't undersell that, or you'll look worse. Like you have to go over. I remember one of the worst things I ever saw in my entire life. Like this will haunt me. Wait, 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 like Chip. A, hold, hold on one second, Ming. If if I if I text this to you, can you pull it up? All right, I'm sending this to me. Okay, good. So you have to go big in karaoke, especially if you're the girl part of that song. Yeah, one of the worst things I ever saw in my life, and like this is like like shell shock that I'll still see. Like I'll have flashbacks of this. When I was in my early twenties, I was out at a bar with some friends and th there was this one couple, they were like a little bit older. They're probably in their thirties. And the husband was just a real wet blanket and maybe nice guy, but just like very, you know, he just was, he was just a quiet, shy guy. We all did karaoke at this bar and we're all doing silly songs, fun songs. He gets his song up. And this is, again, this is the mid two thousands. He gets up and decides to do the song by the Verve Pipe, The Freshman. Yes. <laughs> which is about like an abortion. Yeah. And just like the saddest song in the world. And he goes up and sings it not well. Like he's not a good singer and sings that completely serious. And literally there's people like crying at the, the bar because it was so sad and so poorly done. It's one of the worst things I ever saw. Like everybody's doing like, I did Mac the Knife and people are doing like just fun, goofy songs. We're not good singers. And then he tries to pull off the most serious song ever and doesn't do it well. And it was the worst. So, so that's All what right. you have to do. Here we you go. got it? Yeah. Can you guys see? All right. Well, he's still... And then when 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 this is over, I, I have not watched this. It's not the entire song. I think the battery was dying, so it's a bit of an edited. That, um, that's what your wife said. Oh yeah, the battery was dying on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dear. 
<laughs> but now, that uh, by Tim the way, Ford, for those I, of you listening, this may be the last episode of I Love Rock and Roll ever. <laughs> Hopefully, I, I'm. Uh, I never thought of it as me and my brother singing a song about us both coming. So paint the picture. <laughs> While your real- dad does play by play. <laughs> <laughs> the picture is uh, neither one of us wanted to do this, and uh, literally maybe <laughs> ten shots of tequila in. I was like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yes. Dude. So you, are, where you, are you on a cruise? We are uh, on a cruise. I left New Brunswick, New Jersey, to take a cruise to New Brunswick, Canada. My okay. my my dad liked cruises, but he liked going cold places. Yeah. This is the most scared I've ever been in my life here. (laughs) Say I never had a dude. Sing, by the way. Yeah, he's my brother's got all the talent. I can't. If you're expecting this back, you're not gonna get it. <laughs> oh, here comes the bow. Maybe we should start a Patreon. And you can, you, I'll send the link if you pay for the podcast. <laughs> Dude, at this point, I'd be like, does my brother want to fuck me? <laughs> I am so drunk. I'm like a walking booze bag here. in my head pretty convincingly. Yeah, no, you're you doing a good job of that. <laughs> my brother's getting uncomfortably close to me he really in is. this cum song. And your dad's doing like a make them kiss type kind of thing. <laughs> I think I'm regretting showing you this. I think this is the only video I have with my dad. <laughs> I'm not even sure I have a wedding video with him. <laughs> oh. oh, here we go. It's my dad doing the play-by-play of whether or not me and my brother are gonna fuck. 
Wouldn't it be funny if uh, YouTube makes us take this down when we post it? <laughs> oh wait, here we go. Have we seen? Have we seen? Have we got no, the we haven't seen enough. <laughs> you, you look at you look and sound like Rosie O'Donnell and riding the bus with my sister. <laughs> Holy fuck! If you're a listener and you message me and you want to see this video, uh, fucking blow me. There's no chance. <laughs> it, I don't know why you wouldn't share it. It's got two likes and no dislikes. <laughs> well, it's got 1,200 views. I guarantee you that's 1,200 times my family got drunk. <laughs> You're so fucked up. <laughs> Not a lot of people have video of the drunkest they've ever been. All right, dude. God. Well done. Uh, man, so we're, gonna to, we're gonna have to imagine the come part, but I mean, on top of that, doing a nine-minute song at karaoke is so funny. Yeah, I, that was the first time I ever did karaoke. I've done karaoke two times in my life, both times on cruises, both that song with my brother and dad. <laughs> the second time, they're not supposed to be doing yeah, this yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we <were> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I will say this. I'm going to say this, Ken. Uh, your brother and dad, very talented. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very talented. Yeah. I'm just a fat dude in a wig. God <laughs> damn. That is awesome. You, uh, that's just, how you can get laughs doing that in 20, in 2007. I, yeah. I, now I'd get cancer. Crushing. Uh, by the way, on that cruise ship, Ken, how was the edibles buffet? <laughs> <laughs> um, my, uh, my bar bill was more than the room. So... <laughs> Man. Oh wow! That's Probably should have saved that for the end. Of the... That, no, no, that no, he he died of embarrassment oh, three minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> I could just picture your dad though, do, like in his cabin, getting ready for that night, just tucking in his shirt, thinking, "I'm going to make my boys do this tonight." Like it, just it was it oh, was his idea. He's the one that yeah. wanted to do it. Yeah, and I was. That's so funny. Like you think of how many dads just want to have a bunch of sons so that they can play like a team sport in their backyard. Your yeah. dad was just like, I need two perfect, yeah. beautiful sons so they can sing the cum song. on a cruise." <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why my sister didn't do the lady part. I guess they thought that would have been there's creepy. There's a sister in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets shut out. Was yeah. she there? Was your sister present? I believe. Oh, you know what? She, I don't remember if she was on that cruise. 
Yeah. I, yeah, she must have been. Uh, that's, wow, man. I don't know. I where you imagine the pep talk that your dad gave before. It's just some big, clear eyes, full heart. You know, just. <laughs> um, I wonder if Meatloaf is probably pound for pound. He's. Uh, I mean, sorry for that turn of phrase, but like he's probably got the most dense, like uh, association between families of like funny memories of any musician ever. He I guarantee he's there. responsible for more funny family memories than any other musical act in history. He might. I mean, that's my funniest family memory. Yeah. Yeah, he might be. And, and it's it's it, you know what it was? It was like with the music. I think you couldn't tell if it was trying to be funny. Like, I think that this dude, Jim Steinman, wrote these songs deadly serious. And then Meatloaf was just kind of tongue in cheek about it. He's him. camp. Yeah, he's camp. Yeah, like imagine trying to sell that to somebody else. Like, uh, um, yeah, imagine like the Bee Gees trying to sing that, or like Fleetwood Mac doing like a a uh, a really serious version of Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Like they would just make it trippy, and we would think it's like this beautiful uh, love story. And nobody would nobody would get it. Yeah, we'd be like, what is it actually about? Instead of like, can you believe they pretend to come? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot they're, of there's they're a, saying something else with this music. <laughs> there's a lot of goofy songs on that album. Like Chip, you and I were talking about that song, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. Yeah, two out of three in bed, yeah. I never paid it. That song always, you know, it's a very melancholy song. And then there's something about that piano makes you just sad without even listening to the lyrics. Yeah. But then I like I went and actually listened to the lyrics maybe for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And it is um, one of the dumbest songs lyrically ever written. Like musically, it touches you in the right place. But if you pay attention to those lyrics... It is uh, a very dumb song. Something about it's like it's so cold here. I'm crying icicles. It's it's you've been cold to me right here. Let me pull the lyrics up. Yeah, you've been cold to me for so long. I'm crying icicles instead of tears. Yeah. But the thing is. He's constantly telling this lady that he's never going to love her. Right. Like, do you think maybe that has something to do with her being cold to you? Meet. Like, is it like if, if you if you like, Tim, if you woke up next to your wife every day and you were like, listen, I just want to remind you that literally I will never spend a day of my life in love with you. But do, do you think eventually she might be like, mm, uh, all right, Dick? Yeah, I'm not gonna be quite as warm and rosy to you. Yeah, here comes the yeah. silent treatment. Well, his his act also completely falls apart when you imagine him doing anything except begging for sex. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know what I mean? Even at a young age, I was just like, damn, dude, he, he should probably do the thing that he's saying he wouldn't do for love because he's a fat guy and he has to think about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Yeah. By but, the way, it's, it's very interesting, too, that video that we just watched, Ken, of you and your brother and your dad. I would name that two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> damn. That's really funny. Um, oh, right here, I'm listening to... Uh, I'm looking at the lyrics. Uh, baby, we can talk all night, but that ain't getting us nowhere. I've told you everything I possibly can. There's nothing left inside of here. So he's already telling her, like, that this isn't ever going to go the way you want it. Yeah. And maybe you can cry all night, but that'll never change the way that I feel. 
All right. So he's being honest. He's like, listen, I'm just don't love you. This is where it gets a little like you're kind of a dick. The snow is really piling up outside. I wish you wouldn't make me leave here. Like, just fucking leave, dude. Get in the car and leave. You, you, you just, this lady's crying and you're telling her that you don't love her. So just fucking move on. Let her, let her, let her live with her, you know. Yeah. Um, I've poured it on and I poured it out. I tried to show you how much I care. I'm tired of words and I'm too hoarse to shout, but you've been cold to me for so long. I'm crying icicles instead of tears. And all I can do is keep on telling you, I want you. I need you. There ain't no way I'm ever going to love you. That's a fucked up thing. And and yeah. love, like, you know, it's like you want her and need her. Love isn't that much of a stretch. No, you it's, think you could just lie about it. Yeah, just yeah. say it. Yeah, <laughs> just just say it. Like, you, 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 like, two out of three shouldn't be bad for you, dude. Like, don't ask her to swallow two out of three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, he just doesn't have the sexual bargaining chips. You know what I mean? For yeah. For me to believe that song for even a second. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, Meatloaf, like, uh, we've seen the video. You're fat and sweaty. Like, she can do, she can yeah. probably find somebody to give her three out of three. Dude. Oh, absolutely. And, like, he, he just looks like the type of guy who helps his ex-girlfriends move. You know, like, that's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. That's, <laughs> it'd be like, listen, like, I have, uh, I, Tim, do you have, uh, do you have any kids? Yeah, I have three kids. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like, I have a daughter. Like, if my daughter came home and was like, hey, I need uh, food, electricity, and a roof over my head. And you're like, <laughs> like, what, what if I just give you electricity and a roof? Yeah. Yeah, like you, wouldn't ex you wouldn't accept that from a suitor of hers. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he, uh, Meatloaf was a shitty guy in his music. Yeah. yeah, and and, and then letting women down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then you get uh. And here's another thing. Well, I remember how she left me on a stormy night. Oh wait, wait, no. This is so. Then then it gets to the bottom of of why he won't tell her he loves her, and it's even more fucked up. Says, uh, I can't lie. I can't tell you I'm something I'm not. No matter how I try, I'll never be able to give you something, something that I just haven't got. There's only one girl I'll ever love, and that was so many years ago. And though I know I'll never get her out of my heart, she never loved me back. Now I know. When I remember, she left me on a stormy night. She kissed me and got out of our bed. And though I pleaded and I begged her not to walk out the door, she packed her bags and turned right away, and she kept on telling me, I want you, I need you, ain't no way I'm ever going to love you. So he's now talking about how much damage this lady telling him two out of three ain't bad did to him. Mm -hmm. And then he turns around and just does it to this other lady. Yeah, no empathy. <laughs> Chip. None. There's, there's, there's Chip's disgust. No empathy. <laughs> Meatloaf's kind of a cold dick on this one. Yeah. No, I think he's speaking to like some truths about the nature of like finding love and relationships and shit like that, where it's like you carry the damage that's done to you, you perpetuate it on the next person. It's just he's so fat that you can't believe he learned any of these organically. <laughs> Someone has. He was just singing the lyrics that were put in front of me. He's like, is, is this what human relationships are like? Okay, I guess I'll sing this. Those were <laughs> lyrics, right, by the way? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, they, no, no, no. I, I'm guessing Jim Steinman wrote them. Right. But like, yeah. you look at Jim Steinman, he doesn't have a lot of room to uh, to talk either. Oh, yeah. Let me look like, at him. He looks like he's in like Dr. Teeth and the, meta, the, the yeah. electric. Dr. Teeth. Yeah. He actually just passed away, I think. In the, in the yes, during COVID. Yeah, he, he died. The, the two of them died within uh, like a year or two of each other. Whoa. And like Jim Stein, and he would always wear like in the. He's the, possibly less attractive than Meatloaf. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could see like, oh, if Meatloaf lost all this weight, he'd be a good looking dude. Like there's like you look at Jim Steinman, you're like, oh, there's nothing that can make this a good looking dude. Yeah. And, yeah. And he would always wear like these like black leather jackets and leather gloves like inside. It's he actually wrote a lot of a lot of hit. Song. Jim Steinman is a nightmare to look upon. Yeah. <laughs> he actually looks like a he's got these trademark retarded sunglasses. He looks like a Hellraiser guy. He yeah. Like I it's I don't understand what they are. Like he does like, he looks like if the chemistry teacher from Fast Times tried to be cool. Yeah. He looks like steampunk Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Wait, I found uh, I found a good interview with Meatloaf from uh, twenty sixteen or twenty eighteen on uh-huh. in Rolling Stone, and they were talking about how sensitive he is and how he's always fighting with people on Facebook. Okay. So it talks about how when he's not complaining about his various surgeries. He kibitzes with people on his Facebook page where if you tick him off, you better watch out because he can spew it the best of them. Now, this is a quote from uh, this is a quote that he commented on somebody uh, insulting him. Sorry, you are so jaded, tired, bored, lacking enthusiasm, enthusiasm, surefighted, sated, satiated, glutted, dulled, blunted, deadened, inert, tired, weary, Wearied, like weary and wearied. Wearied and, jeez. Unmoved, blasé, and apathetic, he wrote in response to a critic. It's a shame that your life has led you down this road. I'm I'm just trying to picture, like, what the dude said. He was like, I give this new album three out of five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Dude's just doing his job. And then he uh, and then oh, and then if and then if you question whether or not he can still sing as well as he did in the 70s, he gets really mad because um, do you remember that incident where he collapsed on stage? Yeah. Like so he collapsed one night on stage and there's video where he he's in the middle of singing. I'll do anything for love. And then he like falls to the stage and apparently you can still hear him singing kind of warbled. And there were some people saying that he was lip syncing or uh, maybe there was a backing track that doubled his vocals, but they thought some people accused him of lip sync. I haven't watched the video, so I don't, I I couldn't tell you, but here's his response to that. Morons. He says, uh, (laughs) I'm going before you make a comment, learn something about music, learn something about tone. People saying you can't sing anymore. I mean, okay, I can't get into the B's anymore, but I can still hit the high C's. And A is a really strong note. In my music, nothing (laughs) is blues based. Everything else, their songs are an octave, an octave and a half. That's as high as they get. He snorts, scoffs. Yeah, man, (laughs) I'm at two and a half, sometimes three and a half. The main thing that's different now is the tone of my voice. They call it flatter out of key. It's not. 
Uh, <laughs> it's not. That's just naming, my dude. Naming individual notes you can say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To a, to a guy on Facebook. Yeah, oh, you know, like oh, like like Jim from Texas was like, <laughs> I don't think he can hit the high notes the way he did thirty eight years oh, ago. Yeah? Look at my A. Okay, <laughs> maybe B's not quite getting there, but <laughs> it's just that my tone is completely different from what it was, and there's nothing I can do about it. And then this is my favorite thing I read in the interview. He pauses, takes a deep breath, and says, "Those Facebook people, man." You know, they upset me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You're like, but he's so good at the resp- Like, he's got the ultimate internet guy responses. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like the endless string of like buffoon, warbling idiot, yeah. moron, tasteless. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he had a natural gift for it. I wish Reddit was around when he was in his prime. He would have been number one on Reddit. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. This is from the same from the same article. At the same time, he's a well-known softy who seems to spend half his days in tears. A girl gets kidnapped on some TV show. He cries. A record company exec gives him a Babe Ruth autograph. He cries. Bat out of hell two, back into hell, which was 16 years in the making, debuts at number three. He cries. Whitney Houston dies. He cries. His team wins on Celebrity Apprentice. He cries. (laughs) He's an equal opportunity weeper. Oh, I cry all the time. I mean, I'll even cry at dog commercials. It's stupid. Is that great? (laughs) Meatloaf is just in his house just weeping all day at everything. Fat defensive crybaby his last day. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do you think he go ahead? I was gonna say, do you do you think he always cried or was it like do you think it was something from the shot put? (laughs) <laughs> it's like it, it gave it gave him a two and a half uh, a two and a half octave range, but it also made him a huge crybaby. Oh yeah, because like we all have that one cousin that like got hit in the head by a shot. But you know, it's like, oh, oh yeah, my my my, my cousin Nikki fell off his bike when he was sixteen. Now he just wears a tuxedo all day and cries. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! But in the same article, after they talk about uh what a weeping pussy he is <laughs> they also now go into how tough he is okay uh, from how i grew up loaf says i love that rolling stone is like loaf, loaf. like it's it's <laughs> yeah. like they don't want to be like mr loaf they they don't they don't want the formality of the new york times right but meat seems too informal meat's too informal yeah yeah <laughs> it's from from how I grew up, Loaf says, that's where I learned to be tough and to never stop. I mean, I'm tough as nails. Once I was hitting the head with a pool cue and just turned to the guy and said, you just made a big mistake. <laughs> Ultimate Redditor. Yeah. Got hit in the head with a whiskey bottle. Had my head slammed into a locker. I've had 18 concussions and nothing, nothing has ever put me down. Yeah, man, he says. I never go down. <laughs> like, can you imagine you're like, oh, like, you're, first off, I was wondering, like, was that all the same incident? Like, was it the same guy hit him in the head with a pool cue? Meatloaf's like, big mistake. And then he smashes he, he a whiskey bottle at yeah. him. 
He steps we- on a mousetrap. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, we don't know how to take this guy down. And somebody's like, show him a sad commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the idea of bragging about how tough you are. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty tough, dude. I get the shit kicked out of me all the all time. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, remember it- that episode of The Simpsons when Homer found out he could take a punch? Yeah, 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 yeah. It ends up fighting uh, like Mike Tyson, Dredderick Tatum. That's what this reminded me of. And he's also talking about like how like other people are morons. Then he's like, I had I've had 18 concussions. And then he just pulls like a, like an old old timey alarm clock out of a paper bag and just starts eating it like a sandwich. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, a guy broke a pool cue over my head, and I said, "Listen, buddy, you don't know who you're messing with. Don't start a fight with me until you, unless you're willing to beat the shit out of me for ten hours until yeah. I go down." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could beat me all night, but you're just gonna tire yourself out, pal. Yeah, it's a marathon. <laughs> Beating the shit out of me is a marathon, friend. <laughs> God, I wish I had it. I wish I wish I was honored with the chance to beat the shit out of Meatloaf while he was alive. <laughs> <laughs> do you know so they're saying that um i don't know like i felt bad for him like you know he he was they're claiming he was anti-vax you know and, and covid they think covid got him he's on record as being like his last interview he was talking about how he still hugs people and he believes that the virus has become politicized and he's He's like, I'll stop hugging people for a pandemic, but I'm not going to stop hugging people for viruses, for Mm -hmm. uh, politics. So he claimed that the virus was politicized. And then, you know, they've got a bunch of like anti They, I don't think they've anyone has said definitively that he wasn't vaxxed. Right. But even if he wasn't like my. Like my normal position is like, hey, if you're anti-vax and then you die of this, like I think it's pretty hilarious. Like, if, like if Ted Nugent got COVID and died, I would I would laugh for two straight weeks. Right. Yeah. Um. But something about meatloaf, I don't know if it's just because like I grew up on it, or you know, that's my go-to karaoke song on cruise ships. But something about meatloaf. Uh, dying, but like it, it bummed me out. I didn't get, I didn't get any pleasure. <laughs> oh my god! I ju- wait, actually, yeah. I just looked it up. They, ju- wow, it just came out. His cause of death. I just on TMZ. They just released it. He got hit in the head with a case of N95 masks. <laughs> <laughs> fell on his head. Like he, he was open. Up, he was open up a closet and it fell on. <laughs> Yeah, All well, right. I, well, I, I think Ken, we- I think this is this is probably going to be pretty common for people. I think Meatloaf's passing. Instead of thinking about Meatloaf and his music, which you don't care about, you instantly you're transported to some bizarre family memory. Right. I think yes. I think that's that's the true lasting uh, contribution of Meatloaf is like it, whenever anyone thinks of Meatloaf, you think of one of the funniest and most bizarre things that's ever happened to your family, and you instantly <laughs> smile. That's Wait, his legacy. Here's okay, and I, and and uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, we, we we should get out of here, but here, here's something I want to know, uh, Tim. Is I want to be? Can I be there at the next at your wife's next family gathering? What do you think the mood is going to be? Like they're not allowed to do it anymore. They're not allowed to do that song, but like they have to do it have one to. last time to pay homage to the man right they and like, have to what's their tone going to be like is it are they going to up the ante and be even funnier and sluttier 
or are they going to do it really solemnly? And like, no, you have to celebrate his life. You got to go over the top. You yeah, know, I agree. He would never, he would never slink into the throes yeah. of grief. You he, know what I mean? He, he would take it over the top. He yeah. would, he would, he will he wouldn't want boners flying at half mass. <laughs> 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 <He would. laughs> do you, do you, do you think that they're like, do you think they're plotting it without this dude's wife knowing? Like, do you think that him and the slut lady oh, they're secretly rehearsing have, shit. have yeah. like burner phones, like from the wire, yeah. where they just yeah. text each other about yeah. when to He's meet coming up home at night. She's like, do you have sequins on you? <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. When I was reading that about how tough meatloaf is and getting hit in the head with everything, I just imagine like I'm the toughest son of a bitch you've ever seen. Now help me into this quadruple XL sequined yeah. jacket. <laughs> This is my fighting tuxedo. Please help me into it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I I guess I think, that's the story of Meatloaf. <laughs> I think we did it, guys. I think we did it. I have um, not laughed that hard at an episode in so long. That was fun. Um, Tim, thank you so much, man. That was great. My pleasure. Thanks for having in, me. In, in the words of the uh, your, your slutty fake aunt, uh, I want to know right now, <laughs> where can people find you, Tim? Uh, just uh, I want people to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash dabmeat. We do our episodes live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. And uh, I also have a Twitch. It's at twitch.tv slash Tim Butterly. And it's mostly just me kind of doing crowd work, playing a little bit of video games here and there. Nice. Very funny. Love that. Me. I'm just, uh, I, I'm just real quick. I, it's just, can you imagine? I'm, I'm trying to picture the rationale behind like this lady is so slutty that we don't even know what to call her. Like, may, like <laughs> I, let's just call her aunt. You like, why, how did she slut her way into an aunt title? I, I'm not, I don't get the correlation. <clears throat> well, I think, okay, maybe, and I this this is unfounded, but I think back in the day, like our parents' generation, right? If you had a slutty friend who never got her life together, but she still kicked around with you know the ladies that your mom hung around with, you know what I mean? Yeah, she she would come to all of your family shit. Obviously, like her home life's a wreck because she turned out a slut. So I think you kind of get like taken into another family sometimes. And I think that's what happened with a lot of sluts in the oh. 70s and 80s. See, anytime there was an aunt in my family that wasn't really an aunt, it was because like, oh, they're a lesbian of. That's another flavor of aunt. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Art, dude, artificial ants are they were big in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe just with white people. I'm not sure. But we got it, all it, kinds of secondhand ants. <laughs> it would have been great if there was YouTube back in the 70s and 80s when like you know how like, you see those videos, those heartwarming videos of like when somebody ha makes their stepdad like officially their dad that like mm. as an adult, you know, and they hand him the paperwork. Like if they could just hand the slutty aunt the paperwork, yeah. it's like your your life's in such a tailspin. You're going to be my aunt now. Yeah, Barb, we got you something. It's like you you want me to your sweaty aunt. You want me to your sweaty aunt. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and instead of a certificate, it's just one of those like leather pouches that you put your uh, cigarettes in. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's a, it's a it's a it's a fuck. It's a birth control pill holder. So coconut <laughs> coconut body spray. <laughs> Listen, we've decided you're such a whore. <laughs> that if we die, we'd like you to watch our kids. 
I want to, yep. Tim, if, if there's any way you can uh, have these two come on and, and we'll do a, I'll do a second helping a meatloaf. Like we when can do a second deep dive. part. Yeah. When we're allowed to have family gatherings again, I'm gonna I'm gonna get like <laughs> like pinhole camera footage of them singing the forbidden song, and I'll get it right back to you guys. Uh, I'm I'm in I'm in. Uh, well, uh, Tim Butterly, thank you so much for uh, for for joining us and talking about uh, Mr. Loaf uh, this afternoon. That was fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, Chip. You got anything uh, coming up? Uh, just uh, follow me at Chip Chantry and uh, follow uh, Rock and Roll Pod on Twitter and Instagram. How about you, Ken? Um, yeah, Ken Krantz comic. Follow follow the uh, podcast. And um, I think I have a couple dates that I want to. Uh, this Thursday, February 3rd, I'll be at Parks Casino. I think that's in Philly, right? Yep. I'll be at Parks yeah, right Casino up. with Bonnie McFarlane. And then uh, for our wealthier listeners, I'll be at the Hamptons Saturday night, Bay Street Theater in Sag Harbor with uh, nice. a bunch of other funny comics. So come out. All right. Thanks, Ken. All right, everybody. Ming, thanks for everything. Always. Great job, guys. Thank you, Ming. Sorry to have yep. wasted 70 minutes of your <laughs> life. <laughs> Don't tell the listeners that. Don't tell your podcast listeners that. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>